Are you ready to realize the true potential in your life and help others do the same? Get equipped to create a thriving future with the Secrets of Success podcast. Inspire others to live, lead, and work on purpose. And experience the joy of watching satisfaction and productivity come to life. And now, here's your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Welcome to the Secrets of Success podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Keyes. Leadership, leadership, leadership. For the next uh, few weeks, we're going to do a series on our work and our book, Transforming Leadership. It's written by my partner, Dr. Terry Anderson, but really wanted to take uh, six different segments and wanted to start with, you know, what is this issue about leadership? I've had Jim Kuzes, one of the top leadership experts in the world, on the show. We've also just recently had Marshall Goldsmith and uh, his coaching of leaders. You know, all the research is clear is that there is a lack of leadership, uh, there is an opportunity to improve, and that if we don't do it intentionally, then nothing is going to change. There was a study done by CIRIC in Canada that said, what percentage of individuals think that their supervisor or leader is incompetent? And that number was 70%. So from a perception, if nothing else, we really do lack uh, leaders who are equipped. Now, you know, there's been a lot of books that have been written on leadership, probably more than just about any other topic or title out there. And one of the things that we've found is really missing is really the skill side. So I'm not going to get into the skill side in this show. I'm really going to just frame out when we think about the principles uh, and the belief system of a transforming leader. You know, before I'm going to adjust my behavior, before I'm going to do something differently, before I'm going to embrace uh, new habits, I'm just going to have to have the right belief system. You know, Jim uh, Collins in his book, Good to Great, talks about a level five leader, but never really talks about what are the skills that I need to have to be successful as a level five leader. And we will get that into that in the subsequent shows to this one. But today, here's what I want to talk about is what are the belief systems? What are the thought processes of a transforming leader? And if you're not actually in agreement with these, then we would suggest that you are not necessarily ready to become a transforming leader. Or if you have a client, a lot of times if you're a coach, if you're an employer, if you're working with an individual, maybe even as a business owner, as a founder, as Marshall Goldsmith was talking about, are some of the most, individ most difficult individuals to work with because founders um, are entrenched in certain behaviors and being you know, an owner of a business, I get that. I understand that because we're so emotionally invested in the situation. But today, I just really want to frame out, you know, what are the beliefs or attitudes of those who are successful in leadership? And before I'm going to change my or develop my skill set, change my behaviors, change my attitudes, or develop my skill set, then I'm going to have to believe or be on the same page of what a transforming leader believes. Now, Jim Kuz's work in the Leadership Challenge really talks, talks about practices and principles, and really what we're doing with ours is to say that as a precursor to the five skill sets that are part of transforming leadership, and just for those of you that are listening, one of the, re 
one of the, I guess, benefits or the things that has occurred to CRG is that Dr. Terry Anderson with Dr. Mitch Javidi and CRG have really partnered with, and mostly them, is with uh, LAPD to be able to create an online course called Every Officer is a Leader, which is based on the Transforming Leadership grid in format, to create an online course for law enforcement. And so that is now being deployed globally. And so, and when you think about, you know, how important is this work and how valuable is this work in this framework, that is an example of a partner who really saw the importance of developing those skills and then partnered with Mitch at uh, IAPS, which is the International Academy of Public Safety, with Dr. Terry Anderson, really the originator of this work, and then with CRG as far as the Leadership Skills Inventory and the Leadership Skills 360, so that people can benchmark. When I was interviewing uh, Jim Cousins and also Marshall Goldsmith, the number one of the number one items that all leaders uh, needed to be open to and to do before they would improve was to accept feedback or benchmark their current condition as far as the job that they're doing from their peers, from the subordinates, some from their seniors, from people around them that know them. Says, so, listen, I experience you every day, and this is how I experience you. So when we talked about what were two sort of skills that were lacking in leaders that really caused them to fail. Number one was a lack of interpersonal skills. And Jim Cousins talked about the lack of the ability to build relationships was one of the top three reasons why leaders failed. But number two comes into play as far as this principles. And number two was is that it was hubris. So there are many leaders who arrogantly or don't believe that they need feedback, don't want feedback, are not interested in growing. I'm in charge, and so too bad. However, we know that that doesn't really work, and I'm not saying that it's easy, and receiving feedback is always, you know, it, it is always sort of a sensitive matter, but it doesn't preclude the fact that it's important. So when we, when I'll do the subsequent shows, so this is one of a, a series of six, is the first one is really around these principles. You know, do you really believe what a transforming leader believes? So I'm just going to go through 12 principles that we have the leadership skills inventory, which is part of the Transforming Leadership book, and it's also part of the Leadership Skills 360. And so we have many coaches who use this tool in helping leaders to be able to kind of move them forward, or organizations to kind of benchmark what is your belief system against these principles? Are you really ready to become a transforming leader or a leader that is equipped in, and better able to serve others and to be able to serve your organization? So the first one is every person in every situation is having an impact, for better or worse, on the people in the current situation. I mean, the reality is, is that our behavior is affecting the environment. Do you believe that about the individuals, including yourself? if you're a leader or the employee. So somebody is already is always leaving an impression sort of in that environment of positive, medium, or a negative. You know, if we're a leader, we learn to observe. 
And we know that my behavior, that as a leader, has a positive or negative impact in the environment. So are we as leaders, are we even conscious and awake and aware and believe that my behavior as a leader is going to affect somebody either positively or negatively? So those really become an important piece of thinking about that. The other one is is that everyone can choose to work towards a positive difference. And so, you know, it's not that everybody can be negative. It's just that now we can think of, okay, everyone here, in whatever capacity, if it's the janitor, if it's the CEO, if it's somebody in between, if it's a, a contractor, they can choose to make an impact, a positive impact in our, in our organization. The other one is that when we talk about item number four, so we have 12 principles, and then I'm going to um, quote some research from Jim Cousins because he is just so good, is the use of positive and respectful power and influence if necessary for leadership. So, you know, a lot of times leadership is not, is really a privilege. And so do we see being in a leadership position? is uh, something where it's uh, something I do to you or is it something I do with you? And am I serving others rather than they're having to serve me? And really the ultimate sort of mindset of a transforming leader is that I'm really there to serve others. And the other one is, is can we give and can we as a leader, do we believe that individuals can have sort of free will within the workplace, meaning they can choose and determine within themselves choices? Or are we thinking that only people on a puppet string are able to perform? And if you always have puppet strings, if you always have sort of this compliance, fear-based, don't decide and work on your own, don't use your brain, then we are always going to hinder the performance of the organization or the team. The other one is, and item number six, is that leadership, if possible, in the context that you do, and this is really about, you know, being intentional and hiring the right people, and then there's some individuals that, you know, as a leader, and we'll come to that actually in um, section number three of the skill set, is that as a leader, I'm accountable to have, as far as the team, the team behavior, And so when we think number six is leadership is the understanding meaning of the deeper needs of people being led is that if I can help the individuals who are serving us have their needs met, are they not going to meet the needs of leadership in the organization in whatever context that is? That would include in volunteer organizations. I mean, everything that's being stated here equally applies to a nonprofit volunteer a faith-based organization, NGO, whatever it is, as much as it does to a Fortune 500 company. And so do I understand the needs and how do we, do we really organize our business or, or our organization so that it tries to do as best as can it can of serving those other people's needs? The business isn't there. Um, I guess the belief system that we're thinking about here is that we've all met that business owner where the employees are, you know, you're lucky to have a job. And uh, if it wasn't for this job, you'd be nobody. Really, it's the flip side is that if I meet your needs as an individual, your ability to serve and engage 
is going to be significantly higher. And we already know that from the deliberate leadership and the other podcasts I've done from the Gallup poll of 142 countries, is 87% of the population, the working population in these 142 countries, are not engaged at work. Only 13% are fully engaged. So what does that say in terms of leadership? What does that say in terms of the working environment? It really is kind of not being very effective, is it? So part of transforming leadership is can we have and embrace the belief systems so that we can set ourselves up to win? You know, regardless of my skill set in my leadership strategies, if I don't have these principles and beliefs in place, then no matter, it would just all be for naught, is that leadership, so item number seven, is leadership has a moral component. You know, if you are really in a position of authority over other individuals, you know what, that also, what comes with that authority is a responsibility about how you treat this gift of leadership with respect. That it's not something that you take for granted. That it's not really a power-hungry kind of thing. Though we've seen that. We've seen that on Wall Street. We've seen all kinds of individuals who did not embrace this. And you saw what happened. You saw organizations collapse. You saw organizations whose uh, ethical behavior is run amok. Well, that comes from the leadership from up top. Item number eight is transforming leadership involves others. You know, leadership isn't about this top-down, though we've talked about it before. Uh, And I recall Marshall talking, uh, you know, in a, a coaching session with a Fortune 500 CEO, and really, he, as he observed the meeting, he watched as the CEO was the smartest person in the room, always. Well, if you're the smartest person in the room, always, then nobody's going to want to contribute. Nobody's going to speak against what you're saying. And so that's an area where we just really need to, it involves others. It's that you're not going to get to where you want to go if you have any kind of organization beyond one person while it involving them. Now, the other one is, is that as a leader, and this is really consciousness that is very, very important from a transforming leadership point of view, is that any given moment, there's an opportunity for the leader to impact the environment and the situation. And so because I exist and because things are occurring and happening, what you do or what you don't do this very moment is having an impact. Are you conscious of that, that you are having an impact based on what you do, what you don't do, what you say, what you don't say? So as a leader, it's just that consciousness. Am I awake? Or have you met leaders where nobody's home? And what I mean by that, they they have no clue that what they just did demoralized the entire team. Now, we've all had moments where we've kind of screwed up. I get that. I understand that. But if they just day in and day out, just really not aware of what the impact of their behavior. How sad is that? The other one is is that we were looking at item number 10 is the, the difference or the challenge, the push and pull between long-term and short-term development. And that long-term impact is more important than short-term. 
There was a story, and I'm not going to quote which organization, but it was publicly known. An organization was acquired. So it was a Fortune 1,000 company that acquired another company. The CEO adjusted and manipulated the books and the shares for the first three years just so that he could get his 10 or $20 million bonus. And after the three years, the company was in a position where its survivability was even at risk. That is not a transforming leader. You know, if we're doing something for the short term, this profit right now, I'm not going to invest in you. I'm not going to give you the skills, uh, the skills or the training. I remember being in an organization said, listen, uh, you know, that's going to affect our margin by 10% uh, overall if we go and invest in the team. But what are you going to have later on if you don't have those people in place? You know, if your organization doesn't have the systems or processes in place and you're not investing in those team members and you're trying to shortcut so that you can look at that profit number. And I'm not saying that you not, aren't supposed to be profitable. Of course you are. That's not what the question is. The question is, am I compromising long-term success for a short-term gain? And really, transforming leadership looks at the longer term. People take time to develop. Organizations take time to develop. Now, it could be accelerated pretty quick. There are some, you know, some mega companies that didn't exist 10 years ago that are billion-dollar companies. But you know that that's rare. That's very, very rare. What about all the other small and medium-sized companies, entrepreneurs, where you're building? And so can we look to the long term? Can we look at all those, uh, those packs, those impacts, pardon me? The next one, number 11, is that leadership begins deep within a person's belief and value structure. You know, uh, Marshall was saying, even though he has an opportunity to coach some very, very successful individuals, he says, if that person lacks integrity, he says, then I just simply choose this, you know, thank you very much, I won't coach you. He says, because I found out that integrity is not coachable. You know, so your belief system, your value system, that is true of everybody around you too. It's highly influencing what you do and what you don't do. If you believe that people are valuable, then you will treat them that way. If you think they're a commodity commodity to be thrown away, then you'll treat them that way. If you value integrity, integrity, you will act that way. If you don't, you will act that way. And so we see a lot of leadership that is out there right now where uh, the values or beliefs are really in a negative direction. A colleague who I met out of South Africa, and he was speaking at a conference in Vancouver, and I had a pleasure to meet him. And, and he, you know, he does a lot of work in Africa around uh, working with the poor, uh, poor and NGOs and really helping sort of build economies in the continent of Africa. And he says, Ken, you know, do you know what the number one reason why people are still poor in many countries around the world? So I don't know. I, what, it, what is it? And he says, corruption. So there's all this money that is destined for these different locations and to help these different people. But in many cases, that money never gets there. The corruption of the individuals, the belief system and the value structure of the leadership doesn't really permit 
uh, the money to get there, or the money never makes it there. So as long as there's corruption, there will never be success in that country. And so politically, you see all these unstable areas. As long as uh, corruption is in play, then there will be instability. And then finally is, you know, number 12 is for a transforming leader is that uh, there could always be a deeper understanding of reality beyond what is currently understood. Meaning, you know, reflection and insight in um, just going further than what is observable. And say, what does this mean, really? And can I be, quote-unquote, a reflective leader? So when we think about the transforming leadership principles, this is really about your belief system. What do you, at your core, think is true about the role, the responsibility, or the position of leadership? And if you don't embrace these, uh, that's fine. We'll honor that. But that means that you're not ready for transforming leadership. Or if you have a client who's not sort of there, then the first part isn't about teaching them leadership skills. The first part is how do we work with them to potentially upgrade or adjust their beliefs and value system. Now, I just wanted to cap this uh, podcast off around transforming leadership principles with some work that Jim Cousins did in The Truth About Leadership. And he identified sort of 10 characteristics, which are similar and supportive of the work that we did. And that's why Jim had endorsed our book, uh, Transforming Leadership, endorsed our book, Why It's More Like Me. And really his comment was is that transforming leadership is the work that comes after his work. His work is really about putting the policies, procedures, uh, practices into place as an organization, and then you need to develop the individual skill by skill. Well, that is what this whole podcast series of Transforming Leadership will be uh, about. I'll frame that out for you. We won't necessarily do all the training here, but we'll give you an idea. What are the skills, the 60 skills that research and our uh, experience and uh, work has proven to play out that are critical for an individual to be successful as a leader. But before I do that in the next show, and then you can anticipate that, is that there are 10 sort of items that Jim and Barry had come up in their book. And I just think they're so uh, validating and so kind of confirming based on the work that we're doing. And number one was, is you make a difference. You have to believe that you can have a positive influence in improving things. You know, if you can't believe that you can improve things, then why would you be a leader? Forget it. Get out of there. Number two, credibility is the foundation of leadership. But people have to believe in you. You know, in one of the chapters in my book, Why Aren't You More Like Me, and actually in Deliberate Leadership as well, is a whole chapter on credibility. And based on me, people judge our behavior based on what we do and what we don't do. So our personal styles influencing it. Our belief system is influencing it. Our environmental systems and culture is influencing it. So are we paying attention to our behaviors and are we paying attention to our credibility? And if you have no credibility, guess what? People aren't going to do anything with you. Number three, values drive commitment. People want to know what you stand for. Have you ever worked for an organization where it was the plan of the day or the plan of the week or the plan of the month and what they stood for yesterday is different than what it is today? You have nothing that doesn't bring any stability People don't know what to hang on to. They don't know what to believe because it's constantly changing. It is a moving compass 
with really no direction in sight. Number four, focusing on the future sets leaders apart. And he proved that in the credibility book as well, is that people want to know where we're going. And so do you have some vision in place? Do you know what you're doing? Can you articulate what that looks like? Is that uh, people get excited as they get drawn towards your vision, as they understand the, their contribution to participate in it. Number five is you can't do it alone. And so leadership is a team sport. And really, how do I learn to engage others and help others and learn how to delegate, learn how to release others? And it's not saying that you mean still as a leader, you have accountability and oversight over these people's performance. But you can't do it alone. This really is the ability to embrace other people's skills and abilities to kind of leverage. Number six, trust rules. Now, Stephen Covey's son uh, came up with this one here, is that trust is really the glue that holds people together. You know, can I trust that what you say? You know, if you, if you say you're going to do this, if you say that this is what the numbers are, uh, can I trust that? And if I don't trust it, then this gets into this whole corruption side. This gets into this whole unknowing side. And if I can't trust it, then I can't act on it. And it hinders the entire team's process. Uh, number seven from Jim is challenges a crucible for greatness. You know, when we think about individuals feeling fulfilled, now challenge is unique. And challenge is defined by the individual, not globally. So for me, it might be different than it is for you. So, but do we know what it is that's challenging you? Maybe for some of you, it's the ability to serve and support for others, somebody else is to be able to kind of close a bunch of deals and be able to kind of stir it up out there. For others, it might be delivering and uh, being able to get uh, th- those new clients out there. And so it's really, again, about being authentic about what that challenge is. The final three are these. Interesting is you either lead by example or you don't lead at all. I mean, we've heard that one for decades, is that, you know, don't do as I don't do as I do, do as I say, you know, that's kind of a play on that word, is that if you want me to act in a certain way, but you don't do it yourself, then there is, again, no credibility in that. Do you walk the talk? Number nine is kind of interesting, <clears throat> is that, and this is a, I just did a podcast on learning, and we've done, talked about it before, and the research was, is that the best leaders are the best learners, I remember or recall doing a workshop for a Fortune 100 company. And so the the vice president of marketing had brought me in. And they had all the regional managers. And we had some pre-work. Because we had limited time and the agenda was very, very full, we really orchestrated some about 30 to 45 minutes of pre-work that was critical to the session that I was going to do for this leadership group. When I got into the session, I mean, the pre-work was required to kind of, that's where we're going to start. So your pre-work's done, and away we're going to go. Interesting enough, do you know the one person who didn't complete the pre-work? The vice president of marketing who had brought me in. So you know what? I really didn't have time for that. So I'm just befuddled, and it certainly isn't true, is that if you're going to be this leader, then you really should be the number one learner in the company. When uh, senior management says, I don't have time to take that course, but all the supervisors and managers do, they really are demonstrating that they're not good leaders. Is that 
the willingness for learn for leaders to get feedback that's learning the willingness to be coached that is a learner a willingness to be aware that your behavior is having a negative impact, not a positive impact, is a leader who is a learner. Because you're taking your current activities and actions and behaviors and saying, you know what, I need to adjust it. That means I'm learning by what I'm doing. And then finally, number 10 that they had is leadership is an affair of the heart. You know what, if you don't care for your people, if you really don't give a flying rip for them, then what are you doing in leadership, really? So, you know, do you have a genuine, sincere care for the people that support you? Now, this isn't every moment. I'm not talking about a hug and a love fest. It's really more about in the center of your heart, do you really care for these people? Do you value them as individuals? individuals? And so when they say affair of the heart, no, 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 I don't want to talk that. I want to talk pragmatic. I want this affair of, you know, logistics or affair of process or affair of tasks. No, leadership is really, if you care for the people, then these other things will occur or happen. You know, I encourage if you haven't really done so ever in the past, you can go online, you can look up the leadership skills inventory self and complete this for yourself or... Uh, you, this is something that you can give to clients or you can work with leadership teams and then set an entire training program around it. So this is really one of six uh, podcasts that we're going to do around transforming leadership. And this leadership skills model, with it's really been validated over the last nearly 40 years, is the work that Dr. Anderson has done and CRG has done and I have done. And it just validates the fact that, first of all, I need to have these principles or beliefs as a leader to be successful. And what we're going to do in subsequent podcasts, we're going to talk about five skill sets, self-management, interpersonal communication, coaching, and problem management and holding other people accountable, team skills, and organizational development skills. And we're going to take, I'm going to take a show, one show in each of them, and we're going to go through the skill sets that that applies to you. And so this will be a great sort of framework about what are the actual skills that an individual needs to be successful to actually be this level five leader that Jim Collins talks about or what we call a transforming leader. Now, as we do every uh, show, I just encourage that you would share this, that you would pass this on, that you would let other people know about it, you know, on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or YouTube, whatever uh, format it is, is, iTunes, have other people subscribe to it. You know, if you have some ideas about how we can, uh, other uh, content points or people that would might be a great guest to interview, then I encourage you to contact the CRG team. I thank you for listening. You've been listening to the Secrets of Success podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Ken Key. Thanks for exploring the secrets of success with us. If you want to keep the momentum going, log on to crgleader.com, scroll to the bottom, and sign up for our inspirational emails. You can also take your success to the next level by following us on Facebook and Twitter and connecting with Ken on LinkedIn. We hope you have a great week and look forward to you joining us next time for the Secrets of Success podcast with Dr. Ken Keyes.